Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. With your hosts, Swagzilla Zero G. We can't all be winners. And Mike, the feverish Fadero. It's never in a vacuum! Nothing is in a vacuum! The Rookie Fever Podcast. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. That's it, baby. Let's go. Wait, Welcome back to Rookie Fever episode. Happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year. Episode 361, Rookie Fever's number one. This is Definitely. a spot, right? Yeah. You thought I was going to say something like, let's have some fun, but nope, this is Rookie Fever is number one. And we don't ever have any fun. Rookie Lucians. <laughs> it's been a minute since we've hit the mic. It's been a minute. little holiday break. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed this even more. So, Rookie Lucians, anybody that's been listening, we're going to go over some stuff that maybe we would uber focus on in our rookie drafts, in our rookies, in our years, maybe some mistakes we made, maybe some changes, maybe just we want to recap, like, something that's really important to us, and we want to make sure we're highlighting that. Maybe Rookie Lucians is just me making sure... Like, I want to focus on this more, too. Rookie Lucians is also, I, I think it could be noting how important it is that Finero and I get together more. That could mm. be one of my Rookie Lucians. Like it. Um, how you can get away from things. I'll tell you what. I don't, th- I think that, like, okay, Finero, first of all, hmm, we're going off the cuff here. I didn't even know I was going to talk about this. <laughs> how do you, do you feel like fantasy football is luck? Oh, wow. That's a great discussion. Do a whole podcast on that. Um, there is a, a considerable amount of luck that we don't want to admit that is there, right? But you want to, through your research and such, put yourself in the best position to outwit luck, if you will, right? So you don't, yeah. you want, you don't want to get lucky. Outwit luck. I like that. <laughs> you don't want to get lucky with a dart throw. You want to, you want to pick that dart throw for a reason, right? Like you decided that a, a player is injured and he goes up on the depth chart or there, there there's rumors that they're going to use him more. It's anything you find that makes you feel better about your dart throw. That's where you're trying oh, to outwit you luck. The, I love the outwit luck. Outwit luck. Then the dart throw, though, that's a little bit of a stab, I think, to the heart. <laughs> so, but I think that you like... The outwit luck I love because I think that that's like a good like middle ground to try to because that's really there's a lot of luck to it. I, I think it really is. If you say there's no luck, you're that's just naive. Um, but then the dart throws. So I think that that's where like I think since probably I mean, man, a, a long while. Like man, I don't even want to put a number on this. Two thousand twenty three. Um, how I spent my time was different, mm, yes, to it say was. the least. Very I would say that I stayed with it um, enough to do this show, enough to um, be competitive, viable, mm-hmm. make um, weekly moves. I agree um, with all that. I'm in a few leagues with you. I definitely think you uh, you were right there. But then there's this. I think it was also my worst year in fantasy football across most leagues unless like they were just built so well the last few and i don't think there's any coincidence 
to this. I think that it was also the year I spent the less time mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the game for better or for worse, um, better for my family, better for certain parts of my life. Um, it's also like a wake up call. I, I don't, so I don't think I, I don't think there it's, I don't think there's that much fucking luck. <laughs> I think that there can be a lot of hard work yes. put into this that does make you better at it weekly, like seasonally, no matter what you are playing, whether it's like daily or dynasty redraft. I think that you can always give yourself an edge if you're getting advice from the right people in the right spots and you're trying to like make those moves consistently through your season whether it's being like the first to hit those waiver wires and the last one to stop checking them like make Mm -hmm. sure you're always checking waiver wires see who's dropped see who's added like it's not just about like the research and and trying to be so smart to the next guy but also like watching what your league mates are doing like make sure you're spending fab i mean across all my leagues this year i have fab I, i am always and have been a big advocate of like spend that money it's fake you know you do not want to end your season with fab all my leagues i have fab i have not been on top of it enough to have gotten some of those guys that other people had to compete with me in the end you know those league winners the guys that you should just go after even if it's Mm -hmm. like trading them for a third or something like that it's uh I i think that it's, I didn't even do this as an experiment. This wasn't like a content creation thing. This was, uh, me being a little bit more negligent to my teams than I have in the past. And I think that it showed through. I think a, a good way that I try to avoid that swags, my life didn't change so much from 23 to 24. It's always been a busy one. So I always had to like throw this and not that yours in 23 wasn't busy. It was just a different kind of busy. Um, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of tricks that I have to do with my brain. And one of them is um, I look each week, I make a point to look each week at waivers in particular and who was picked up. It tells me a couple different things. It tells me how active this league is in making pickups and how aggressive I need to be to make those pickups. Mm-hmm. Like there's some leagues where I can pick up people after the, the first run in it and people get bids and I still get the guy I want because there's just not enough activity in there. But then there's other ones where you can't, miss so i use that as a barometer on the on the on like when i'm doing my homework i call it you know wh- right before waivers when i'm doing my homework and i'm looking like do i want to do any pickups do i want to spend a couple hours and look across my leagues and do that um i always prioritize those really high active leagues where i just know i can't uh the flea flicker one that you and i are both in is not a particularly active um grab off the waivers it's actually fairly easy to get some of the available players and i think we did a recent decent cut uh, i think we had like a crazy long roster and i think we cut it by 10 spots so there's a couple players out there and there was there was definitely some moves to be had and and and, and i feel the same way as you do that um i was particularly unactive in that league myself so i don't call anyone out i think myself included i'm like oh going through my process i'm like why didn't i pick that person i didn't even know yeah. they were available that means you didn't look it was too down, right. too far down my priority scale uh, and a mistake. And so that's what I would just say to try to combat that is just, okay, if you're not doing the work, can you just every week look at your leagues and see who is and, 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 and what you missed out on? Because that'll, that'll tend to motivate you to do a little more. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it'll 
retune like all the strategies mm-hmm. that you've built over the years. And um, so I want to get back to some of that. That's one of my rookie solutions. That's a great one. We wanted to recap mm-hmm. some of the season a little bit on on these amazing rookies before we got into the rookie solutions. And in a lot of time, if we're doing the top 12, like weekly or anything like that, we start backwards. I don't want to do that today. <laughs> if you do not mind, Finero, I want do to that. cut right to the chase. I think it's going to be a lot of talk this offseason. That's Puka. Yeah. Not too often with the scoring we have in this league that we use for Rookie Fever's top 12 and everything and to keep track of them in just a fantasy sort of way, does a wide receiver end the yeah. season over the running backs like Bajan and Gibbs, who we freaking love. But Puka did it. I mean, usually it's like a Justin Jefferson, right? I mean, mm-hmm. but you've got Puka here with, well, I mean, 1,486 receiving yards on the season and 1,575 all-purpose yards on the season yeah. from Puka. Yeah. Both the 105 and the 1,486 are both breaking rookie records. He broke Chase's uh, receiving yards record and broke Waddle's re- uh, receptions record. Like yeah. that is crazy. And this is this is not like you said, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase drafted very, very, very high. No, this is this is Puka Nakua. I have zero shares of Puka. Oh, that's a shame. I did get lucky. I have a couple, just a couple, literally a couple. I have two. And, and, uh, well, you were, you were talking about him, uh, late. I got on to him. Hit, I, though. Yeah, I did. But before but he hit, it was well, definitely before he hit, but it was late to, you know, be able to draft him or anything like that. It was, it was like late in my process where he, I turned on to him. I, I wonder what the, what's going to happen with Puka in the off season from a value standpoint. And if you if he's going to be easy to obtain for that level of output, no. And last time you and I hit the mic, I said yes. I said this is the time. This is your only and probably last time. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but there has he blew up that week, and now I think there's no looking back. Puka is a wide receiver one in dynasty, um, and he's going to be expensive. I don't think that's going to go down in the off season at all. And then there's Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. I think he was RB8, RB9 on the season. Yeah, the most underwhelming RB8 rookie season ever, right? Yeah. But it had a good season nonetheless. Like yeah, 1,471 RB8. <laughs> all-purpose yards. Just I think people were unimpressed or it's just what they expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a lot of times why you you have people get so much more excited about Puka. Like those deals you get, the values, the league winners and... Um, I think that's a lot of times why, like, we don't talk about the guys like Bajan Robinson as much when we're doing rookie fever, even the mm-hmm. top 12. And then we're like, oh, yeah, we got to get to number one. And then we gloss over, like, these amazing weeks that have, man, Bajan Robinson. If you have any rebuilding teams in your league or anything like that, I think that you, you try to get the Bajan Robinsons, the Jameer Gibbs, even Brees Hall. I don't I would think love you should want to build your running backs through your rookie drafts this offseason, I guess is what I'm mm. saying. I think that you want to find some running backs. Yeah, that's definitely the vibe of the 2024 class. Yep. And then Gibbs is right after him. Oh, one of your favorites. Can't wait to see watch him in the playoffs for you. Sam Laporta. 
Man, Sam Laporta oh, wow. makes me want to kind of get, get, throw another rookie Lucian out there, but oh, I don't want to. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you have a rookie Lucian you want to talk about? Uh, I, to, I have one I want to talk about. I have I have a ridiculous resolution. I have a dynasty off-season resolution, and I have a rookie research resolution. Which one do you want? Oh, my gosh. She's going to make me You pick. hate choices. Yeah, you hate choices. Um, let's do the research one. All right, rookie rookie research resolution. That was a good pick, Swax, because it, it, uh, earlier in the show, we kind of talked about how I said I got to Puka late in my process. Um, part of my process is preseason. And preseason, you're going to say on the field, is like one of the worst places to look. But what I mean is preseason news. Um, I'm really sniffing out coach speak, but beyond coach speak, more importantly, pay, player speak. That is how I got turned on to Puka. Um, so anyway, my resolution uh, last year was to start my process earlier. And I think that was beneficial because I started my process earlier. I was done with a lot of the basics and I was able to have my ear a little bit more open for something I consider very valuable. You're not going to find it in a stat sheet, but like I said, Players talking about other players means a ton to me. Uh, it is proven over and over and over to work. Tyree Kill was one of those. Kelsey came out very early in the preseason talking about how this kid is special. Getting him in the 23rd round of startups because nobody heard that soundbite. You know what I mean? It's it's We are in a world of soundbites. They fly by fast. If you have to research them, find them, look them up, and read the whole quote. It's work. It's just not the work that people are used to doing. And uh, anyway, so because of that, um, I have some Chris Brown. I have some Puka. I just don't have enough. My resolution, though, for this year is to stop double or triply or triple counting the value of a trait. In other words, that guy's small. Okay? He's small. That's a knock against him. That doesn't cross him out. And I have a tendency to cross a player out. In other words, I'm shoving him so far down, I'll never get him, right? And I think it's, I'm specifically talking about one trait. I'm not talking about short and tiny, right? That's, that's still physical. It's still kind of one. But I just personally believe in my process, Hookah in particular, to keep going on this, not athletic. He was like in the bottom 25% of the class. But that was the one knock against him, right? Now, draft capital, you could say, okay, you can mix that in now, too. But with all the other pluses, the college production, the news that I talked about, what he was doing in the preseason, how Cooper Cup was talking about him, all those things, I need to stop double, triple, or even quadruple counting a single trait. I have to stop doing that. Yeah. And some of that's probably listening to other people, too, sometimes when you are hearing them like saying, like, oh, he's not athletic, because it is hard. I mean, we've noted so many times how hard it is to get away from some of the things you you hear in mm -hmm. whatever area you're listening. Um, and, and you're also like not always fortunate to have me in your ear, but that's more I am more of the size guy. And I don't know if like that will change. So the and. Um, and this will kind of, this can still sort of stay with Sam Laporta and what you said. And, um, f for me, like one of my rookie Lucians is that I do want to still note the outliers. Mm -hmm. Like Sam Laporta was, had a special season. He's special, but he still is um, an outlier. We know that these kind of seasons can happen. Of course. Um, 
but uh, I think assume that it's going to happen every year with a, any given position, any given size, whether it's a small wide receiver, whether it's a tight end, for you know, just to stay on Sam Laporta a little bit, to note that that was special. I think it actually takes away from a Tank Dell season if you just assume every small guy is going to do exactly what Tank Dell does. So I am not going to just lean in to the tight ends coming into this season. I'm not just going to lean into every small wide receiver. I'm going to, you know, like Fernero said, do the research. I'm going to look into it my own way, maybe look at tight ends a little bit closer, but I am going to still look at a rookie tight end having a season like Sam Laporta as an outlier. Like he's right. freaking special. The problem is everybody also does know that. That's why, that's why Sam Laporta is so expensive. If people thought that you could get another couple Sam Laportas in this year's rookie draft and they knew that they were going to hit, Sam Laporta wouldn't be that expensive because it wouldn't be that special. So you want to remember that those guys are outliers when they're doing what they they do and give them that credit. Don't just assume everybody can do it, I guess is what I'm saying. So I do want to, I think there's going to be a lot of that coming into the next rookie draft. And um, I guess what I'm saying is just do your research, you know, and we'll have some people on the show. Fanero and I will be, you know, doing our research, pointing in the right direction, but yeah, just note the outliers, I think. I think that that's important, and I don't think that that takes away from Sam Laporta. But I think it does if you think every year you're going to get that. Yeah, and that's a nice ying to my yang where I said, you know, I was hanging on one trait too much. I, I Dude, I'm with you. Almost every article I read has a sentence, phrase, paragraph, or the article is literally about how size doesn't matter as much in the NFL anymore. Like they're making a conclusion and I'm not talking about Twitter. These are like articles, ESPN, NFL, like these are, these are, these are people getting paid money to cover the sport and, and they're telling us as an audience that we no longer have to worry about size. I could see some of that to the point with the way that the game is called on the field these mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's usually evidence. But you that still they have to be a special talent to Correct. play Very against special. bigger safeties. And you can't just be a 5'8". I mean, you, ha you have to be able – you have to be smart. You have to be, like, football savvy. You have to ha – I mean, you can't just go out there and every fast, small guy is going to make it in the NFL. Yep. So, but, so I think that there is some of that, too. Absolutely. I agree. It's um, – it's, I think it's uh, – it's fair to say that we need to pay more attention than maybe we have in the past to size yeah. for some of the reason. But to conclude that something that we have worried about for years and for really good reason, it's literally like it's just it's just physics. That's all yeah. it is. Like it's, it's it's just physics without getting into it. Like it, it just this the way it's and there's evidence all over the place that that size will always matter. It's just like you said. The rules have changed in situations that allow some of this to coexist and still yeah. happen. And like, like a chain's a perfect example, right? He was, when he was out there, he was just electric and that is great for that team. And it's horrible for fantasy, but in the NFL, that's still valuable now, right? Like mm -hmm. those small efficiency bursts and the systems that they're using now where interchangeable players can kind of come in and out of those blocking zones. 
it, it kind of de-emphasizes the running back. It de-emphasizes how small the running back is. It de-emphasizes how long they really need them to be there. There's a, there's a lot of like reasons to kind of like understand from an NFL perspective that size still really matters. Yeah. And every Wes Welker doesn't have a Tom Brady. Mm, yeah. That's the other thing. It's a team sport. It's not yep. just that single player. So yeah, that's what's so fun about this, this sport that we do though, you know, cause you, 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 you spend so much time looking in one direction. It's it's fun turning around and yeah. seeing the four that you forgot about. Like, that's my most fun moment about fantasy football is, like, where I'm you know, just, just Uber. around in this seat, yeah. like, literally. I'm just uber-focused on, like, what's ahead of me. And then I turn around, I'm like, ooh, other people forgot about that, too. So, after Sam Laporta, do you want to go down this list anymore or just, like, stick with the rookie Lucians? We could do a little do you, more. There's do you care um, about Jordan Addison? <laughs> I certainly care about Jordan Addison. Yes. Uh, one hell of a season. I, I, I think he is, he was comped to Devonta Smith. He does have Devonta, Devonta Smith's size and, uh, he stayed relatively healthy all season long and produced like actually better than Devonta Smith's rookie year. I think the, the value there is very, very similar. It's a great to get, uh, a wide receiver like Jordan Addison in our, uh, in our fantasy leagues and our Do you have team. this league opened up still? Yes, I do. Compare that Jordan Addison to Rasheed Rice. Look at that. Look how look at those seasons. Just the receiving on it. 70, re- 70 receptions for Addison, seventy nine for Rice. Oh wow. Hundred and two targets for 108. Rice. One oh eight wow. for and so so There's a touchdown difference only. Yeah. Um I know that Addison had some not as good of quarterback play. Yep. And Yep. But he also – and both both receivers kind of had time without a Kelsey or mm-hmm. a Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I do th- – so now you're hearing – I don't know okay, what I'm going to. I think it's important you know where I'm trying to go to. Are, is, it, is it even fair to compare these two players versus like how much cheaper I could get Rice for in Addison? Or let's say like the ease of buy. Like I'm not saying you can just go out and buy Rasheed Rice today. I'm not saying he's free or anything like that. But I don't I, – I think it's probably easier for me to get you to part with him than it would be Jordan Addison. Do you think that this is obtainable for Rasheed Rice or do you think that he's going to be replaced by another receiver? Um, no, Rossi Rice is, has, has definitely become in a short time the number one wide receiver on this team. It, it happened midseason and we're going to see it in the playoffs too. I think that I love what you just said because Jordan Addison and Rashi Rice at this point for me are equals and they're equals for this reason. I think Rashi Rice stays one and I think Jordan Addison stays two, yeah. right? Yeah. So ease of buy on the Rashi Rice side, yeah. Because I, like I told you, if I have either one, I'm equally happy. So if the ease of buy is on the Rice side, that's that's an exciting move. And, and don't what are the Vikings going to do at quarterback? They yeah, they're too good I, to draft one, dude. The, we, you know what I mean? They when, they don't when, yeah, draft early enough. Nope. When we have so the, it's Kurt Cousins or yep. I think they don't have a choice but to bring Cousins back, and I think Cousins enjoys the Vikings and vice versa. But it's still just a band aid. It's probably a year. It'll mm-hmm. be it'll be more than a year contract. Don't get me wrong, but it'll be front loaded um, for both sides' benefit. Blah 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 blah. And uh, yeah, it's been my it's been my it's it's been my Jamar Chase Justin Jefferson um, difference maker for two years now. Yeah, it's like I know Joe Burrow 
is with Jamar Chase. And they were with each other all in college. They're the same yeah. level wide receiver. So I'm going to pick Jamar Chase because what's going to happen is Kirk Cousins going to go away. And now I'm worried about Justin Jefferson. And you should be. Kirk Cousins was yeah. much better for Justin Jefferson than what they threw out after that. Did Justin Jefferson still get his? Sure. But he lost his elite numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, he was he was hobbled through the season, too. Oh, I meant like just when we did get know. to see him come back. It, it wasn't it wasn't <gasps> Justin Jefferson could score me 30 points this week. Not with those guys. And who knows who's going to be at the helm next year. But I did, I do think it's going to be Kirk Cousins. Um, so is JSN a buy? Is mm-hmm. is JSN something we want to get out of? I want to buy him. Because Lockett's got to be on his way out. He's got such a long contract with them and all that, but there, there, there is drop off. I mean, eight, like we're back to physics again. You know what I mean? Like there, there are players, and I think Tyra Lockett is absolutely one of them that defy it. But there's gonna, there's good. Look at, look at Dalvin Cook. I mean, night and day, right? He was at <laughs> RB one last year, and he's like literally non-existent this year. Gone. Lockett will hardly Worthless. even let himself get tackled. They'll just like go to the ground. Just like, nope, you got me. I'm, di- uh, I'm something, something's got to give. With Lockett. And and if it's not this year coming, it's 25. And now JSN is all in. You know what I mean? Like, I I, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that thought. Um, at one point, <laughs> glad I was, it was, it was denied, I guess, at this point, because I'm getting those points in my lineup now. Uh, I was offering Puka for JSN. There was a point where I wanted to get off the Puka train, jump on the JSN future train. And that was, that was about yeah. lead construction. That was about lead oh, construction man. too, though. I had stud wide receivers where I could barely start Puka. You know what I yeah. mean? So it was about, it was about, I, like I think I'm getting move. a good deal here. I'd I think take, I'm, I'd probably, yeah. I'd go that Puka side today. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you? And I know, I think we had this talk on the show. Um, what a lost we one were of both Puka taking shares. JSN at the time. We oh, were absolutely. high on Puka, but we yeah. were like, yeah, JSN, but not today. I'd take Puka. Nah. Yeah. So then that's why I, when uh, you said at the top of the show, like is Puka's value going to really change in the off season? Like, I think it's when it gets to this level, the only thing that's going to change it is Stafford retiring. Yeah. And then what happens with Sean McVay? Who's the quarterback? I have said this more than I can remember on this show, but Matthew Stafford is a very, very impressive quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, almost at any single attribute you want to talk about. Accuracy, toughness. To How watch. tough is that guy? Very fun to watch. He, don't get me wrong, but like Galladay, for example, right? You were one of the first people to say, Galladay leaving Detroit, I don't want him. Stafford made I was like, how do you know he made him? Like, Galladay hasn't been anywhere else. I was a big Galladay fan because I got him late in drafts. And uh, and you were dead right, dude. He just died after Stafford. No, like, I, only, I almost forgot about him. Yeah, you did. I Honestly, dude, when I said his name, I'm like, I'm, I hope that's the guy. Yeah. Gall- Galladay, yeah, that's, what he, that's his name. Who would have thought that he should have just played the saxophone? He vanished. Matthew Stafford is a stud. He just yeah. he really is. Um, I, be careful with him in the playoffs, too, dude. Like, I think the Rams have got something. <laughs> Feverish, do you have a rookie, Lucian? I know you, yeah, you got I, something I have for two me. more for you. I'll give you my, because it's, it's a little, like, of the news. I'm going to give you my rookie, double rewind, quad resulting resolution. Oh. This is my ridiculous resolution. Uh, this was written before Arthur Smith got fired. And my resolution was for the Atlanta Falcons to fire Arthur Smith, <laughs> but also to, that wasn't enough, get an effing quarterback because 
We are dying out here. We had Dave the Spaceman on last year. This was his rookie resolution. Atlanta, get a freaking QB and stop killing three different rookie draft classes now. Three. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Robinson. Three years in a row. And the quarterback and Arthur Smith are killing them. So we're halfway yeah. there. Halfway there, Swags. Sign Gardner. Something. You're looking at the draft, right? So Chicago picks first. If they go QB, look out. Washington needs a QB. New England needs a QB. You can skip Arizona and the charge. Giants need a QB. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's going to be tough for Atlanta at nine to get a QB. Because you're going to have to trade up with a team that also Seattle needs one. Seattle borderline needs a QB. Seattle, I, I, would, I would say if they were smart. But uh, again, the draft pick's not there. They're out of the top 12. But New England, come on. How is New England not drafting a QB at three overall? Like that, yeah. that I think you gotta you gotta count that as just what's gonna happen. Same thing with Washington. The only one you could debate would be well, Chicago has Fields, but I've heard a lot of arguments for trading Fields because he is pretty valuable, and then gobbling up a one hundred and one. I could see it. I could see it. I don't know. Last time I was on the microphone with you, I said they keep Fields. I'm still kind of there, but I I do understand the other side. Uh, man, a little bit. I almost feel like it's smarter to build around fields than to start fresh. Dude, Chicago has the number one pick and the number 10 pick. Yeah, they can do a lot. What could you? Yeah, what could you build around fields with those two? Mm -hmm. Even if you trade down from one, you're going to get a bevy again like you did last year and keep doing what you did last year, which worked. DJ Moore had his best season ever. Yeah, it worked. What you Mm -hmm. did worked. So do it again. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't hate it a bit, man. Rookie Lucian. I had a Rookie Lucian. It slipped my brain. (laughs) Do you want me to give another one of mine? Sure. All right. My Dynasty off-season resolution. This is a new one. Um, Two years in a row now. Oh, I remember mine. Oh, you want to do yours or you want me to just go for it? I'll tease mine. Just in case, because I don't want to forget again. Give it to me. So I want... (laughs) Give it to me. I want to hear. I want to make sure I get better at... Handling my unhealthy relationships because mm. I think I talk about unhealthy relationships. But you have some of your own, and I think we all have. I think yeah, we do. We I do. Think you can't get we away do. from unhealthy relationships. We just, just don't like talk you about. Can't them. get away with <laughs> from like the herd mentality type stuff. Yes. I think that those are just things that happen in fantasy yes. when you do it at the level we do. And and man, so. Jesus, this is a tough one for me because the, like, I can talk myself in and out of Jameson Williams in the same freaking sentence. Like, is he an unhealthy relationship that I have and I need to start part ways? Or is he going to be on our third year breakout show coming up sometime? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, like, you see the potential sometimes. Like, and this is just one player, like, I'm talking about. I could go on and on. I, he's not my only unhealthy relationship. But I think that with this rookie Lucian, I do want you to try to be aware of some of yours, too. I'm talking to the listeners. I'm talking to Feverish. I'm talking to Everybody, like, because we have these unhealthy relationships. I think that they start at different levels a little bit differently. I think that, like, if you're in C to C really heavy, I think that you're probably at the most risk of starting an unhealthy relationship and then right straight into dynasty or Devi to dynasty to redraft or keeper to redraft. And then like the daily, like the unhealthy relationship goes away quite a bit because you, you're at that point playing such a weekly game that your heart isn't in as much as the money. 
but I, I want to put in more of an emphasis on the unhealthy relationships this year. That's a great one. Um, uh, a player that came to mind for me right away, and he's gonna get a he's gonna get a playoff chance. And I bet nobody even knows about his playoff chance. It's just the, it's just the guys like me that own too many shares of him. David Bell. Mm. <laughs> it's just the David Bell owners that know that he's got an opportunity in a playoff spot to earn a little value because of his injury. <laughs> most people don't even know David Bell's on Cleveland. Yeah. He he is a good one, and he's he's that type of player too. That if you are rostering him, chances are there's not there's that no value. Many better players on your waiver wires, so Probably you're kind of like, yeah, there's Correct. no reason to drop him. Correct. But every now and then, you see somebody that, like Fenero spoke about earlier on the show, is even like hitting those waivers and the guys you miss out on. At what point is David Bell the guy you drop drop yeah. to get one of those guys that you feel you, like you missed out on? Because it has to be somebody at some point. Exactly. Right. You know it, you're like, wow, David Bell's 28 and he's had <laughs> one 400-yard season. Exactly. <laughs> Rager was on teams all the way through his Minnesota year. <laughs> oh, he's going to Minnesota. There's a change. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Is dude. he still on Minnesota? I don't even know. I, I think you might have been cut. Yeah, I, we don't even know. It's so funny because, uh, man, a few weeks back, like, Jalen Rager was in a league and he was on the waiver wire. And I had, like, just empty spots. So I got my first share of Jalen <laughs> Rager ever. <laughs> How does it feel? Same way it felt not having I forgot one? about it until just now. <laughs> I almost... <laughs> But it you know, was he's like only 25 years old. Just an know? empty spot, and I was like, eh, I guess I'll pick him up. You know, like he's only 25 years old, Swags. You never know, man. Lots of time left. You never know. Treadwell broke left. out at like 28 and exactly. had a, <laughs> helped some fantasy lineups a couple of times. Devontae so Parker, 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 yeah. is another one. Yeah. Yep. Hang on to it. <laughs> Nikhil Harry. You never know. He might uh, be back. Look, is we he, are is we he are, even still in the league. Oh, Nikhil Harry's a great one. I finally cut him, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, not even an NFL team has him now. I nah, guess I should yeah. let it go. Oh, man, dude. Yeah, unhealthy relationships right so, there. That was a great, I, I great example. I your, your last rookie, Lucian. You did, but that was a really good one. All right, so my dynasty offseason resolution. We have seen two years in a row over 60 starting quarterbacks play in the NFL in just one season. Two years in a row, 68 last year, and it was 59 as of week 17. So I don't know. Wow. I think week 18 definitely had some more in it. So we're mm -hmm. in the 60s. Let's just call it in the 60s. Um, just my resolution is I'm going to try to add stability at that position where, quite frankly, Swags, I'm already stable. I'm, I'm a big fan of Superflex and have I, I, I always have three starters, if not more. Don't care. I have good backups, strong backups that might get a chance to play. But I want to take advantage of this offseason in particular to perhaps squeeze into maybe some cracks where there might be an ease of buy with Herbert, maybe an ease of buy with Burrow. I'm still in. I know you're out. I did see your trade. We'll talk about it. I mean, I'm, I don't think you can be out on Herbert, but but that team needs to make some changes. It's going to. That's the thing. Like, so, so a lot of people think changes mean good things, right? <laughs> Sometimes they do. Tyreek Hill going to Miami, great example. But most cases, the, even that's an outlier, right? Uh, if you remember all the changes in Green Bay, Brett Favre, uh, Brett Favre, 
Aaron Rodgers sucked that year. Like he was very mediocre and then boom, straight back up to the elite class after he had a chance to new system, new language, new coach, new this, new that. So keep that in mind with Herbert. Everyone's going to get really, really excited about the changes coming in to the Chargers organization. But those changes, they first have to be right. Mm. They have to be the right yeah. change. I'm, I'm just assuming they're going to be right, but that's a huge assumption. Then they need to transition to that. And that's not an easier, fast thing. Again, Houston, another outlier on, I mean, Houston, I think the reason I fell in love with that team this year is because of how much of an outlier at almost every position that was. They, they, they break, they broke every role with being how they were last year versus this year. My, uh, my last rookie Lucian Fenero. Yes. You might take exception to this one here on the <laughs> show with me. It might. Um, the listeners might not like what they're about to hear either. <laughs> nice tease. But but I got to I got to say it man, it's really important to me. It's always I think that um even like I'm going to throw it in a little bit with my my beginning rookie Lucian and how I I want to help people win fantasy football championships. I want to mm-hmm. win more fantasy right. football championships. And I want to tell you how I'm going to do that um just through this next couple months. And it's not going to be by focusing on the 2024 class. Mm. I, I've just always kind of been opposed to that rookie fever here. We've always done it a little bit differently. We're going to give you doses. Don't get me wrong. Like we're, we know that the rookie drafts are coming. It's important. We want to get those right too. Um, but we're going to be highlighting the 2023 class a little bit more. I want to talk about moves that you could make. While other people are uber focused into the 2024 class, because I think that something most fantasy analysts will know and remember once the rookie draft happens for the NFL, the NFL draft is a lot resets and Mm -hmm. they're like, wow. So that was like a couple months of research for nothing. You see that all Mm -hmm. the time. Sure. Um, People attack it too early. They, 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 you know. At least, at least on a podcast where we're, you know, people who haven't even looked at it yep. are looking now, for it. Yeah, now, do I soon. believe that somebody like Brandon Lejeune or Felix Sharp is ahead of the game? Of course. Still after the NFL draft? Like, absolutely they are. Like, love those guys. We're going to point you in the right direction all the time. But I think that there's moves to be made in your dynasty leagues, your super flex leagues, like even getting ready for your rookie drafts right now. The, are the, there's some savvy shit you can do. I'll just say, and that's what I want to try to focus on too. Um, and, and like Fenero and I said, we've got awards coming up. We've got buys, sells, like different stuff we're going to be trying to do to set up for success. And um, we do have the fever, but we do feel like there's a few other things to cover on the way. We can, we can, we can take the, the curtain back for our listeners, because I think our listeners have, have been very loyal uh, we have a lot that have been with us for all five years. And the one, the curtain that I'm going to pull back is that even us as content creators don't really enjoy this part of the year where we're, we're, we're almost like forced into doing what everyone's doing, which is to talk about the next class. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're rookie fever. Rookie, how can rookie fever not talk about the 2024 class? Because we're not out of this one. And there's still a, a lot fever. to talk we about. You've said this. You said this for years and years and years. And I think that's why you said at the top of your resolution that I might be against it. And I think uh, if this surprises you, I, I'm right on board with you. Everything you said is 100% accurate. And hopefully our listeners, when they hear the same thing from show to show, 
or the same profile from show to show or hear about the same player eight times and come here and hear something different. We will get to those profiles. We will talk about them. There'll be plenty of time to talk about them and highlight them uh, before your rookie drafts, way before. But right now is a strange time to hop into that 24 class when, hell, man, you see Rice is in a playoff game. There's, 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 there's Jaden. Jaden's in a playoff game. How many rookies? Stroud is leading a playoff team. Like, come on, guys. We still have a lot to talk about and a lot of fun stuff to watch yet yeah. before we jump into 2024. I love it. Yeah. We got uh, rookie nominations, I think, next episode. Oh, that's going to be so fun. For the Rookademy Awards. <laughs> he is the one and the only at Artbark TV. Follow him on X Twitter. I still frequent X Twitter as well as Swagzilla Zero G. And we have a handle highlighted for the show called at Rookie Fever, believe it or not. This is at Rookie Fever, and we are out.